Get your caffeine fix on this consumer goods edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. To my left is uh, Vincent Shen. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well, Sean. How are you? Not bad. We, uh, we're going to talk some energy drinks here today. Do you, did you bring me any, like a Red Bull or anything? Yeah, I'm really hopped up on caffeine right now, actually. That, that, that does sound about right. Uh, so uh, today we're talking about more or less what beverage companies are doing for growth these days because uh, the traditional lines of Coke and Pepsi, they are not high growth markets right now. Um, in particular, the energy drink market is what they're they're going for. In addition to that, um, I don't know, have you tried this Fairlife milk that Coke's making? Uh, so that's kind of a, a different track for them, right? I really do not – can't even put them in the same room. I think Coca-Cola – one of our, when I saw that, one of our uh, foolish writers, this is back in December now when it was first announced, uh, Asit Sharma wrote a great article about um, Coca-Cola's next product is dot, 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 milk. And then you read it and they teamed up with this huge farm in um, Wisconsin, I think, and they're mass producing this supposedly healthier milk. It's got like 50% more ca- uh, uh, protein and just calcium and all this stuff. And but it's expensive. It's like six or seven bucks for a gallon, and that's mucho dinero. But as we'll see in a minute, this is how these beverage companies are going about it because their major advantage is, of course, their distribution, not necessarily owning current awesome brands in the energy industry. But anyway, so you've got them trying to do milk, juices, Zico, coconut water, and, of course, the uh, big enchilada of energy drinks. So what's going on here? Well, like you mentioned... Have you? I, I want to stop right there, really quick, though. Have you tried Fairlife? No. Okay. I haven't met anybody who's tried it yet. I'm not quite sure it's in Northern Virginia yet. Oh, is that the? Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize it was like a regional rollout for them. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So you know, as Sean mentioned earlier, um, Coca-Cola, Pepsi. They're seeing a lot. Of, they're basically seeing stagnant, if not decreases, in their volumes uh, year to year for their tra- traditional carbonated beverages, maybe three to 4% volume declines per year now. Cause you know, people in general, their health perception of, uh, you know, a normal Coke or a Pepsi is just not good these days. Too many calories, too sugary. And there's been a lot of, uh, I feel like media attention and general awareness of health brought to that. This is why Coke has coconut water now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, one avenue of growth that they're trying to leverage right now, and it's kind of funny because these drinks aren't exactly healthy either. No, the they're not. Content. No. But, you know, they're generally identified in the category kind of like functional beverages where they provide, you know, they help you stay up, they help you energize. And they were, compared to normal carbonated sodas, you know, these drinks have seen double digit Kager in the past five the years. The growth, I mean, since even I was in college, the growth has been crazy. Um, and yes, I have to keep in mind, uh, just a good indicator of that is the fact that there's been actually hundreds of new energy drink products introduced in the past three years, since 2012. So everybody's trying to get in a little bit of a piece of this pie. Um, the U.S. energy drink market is on track to hit about $21, $22 billion by 2017. So it's pretty substantial, though, in the end, in the broad... Uh, context of the u.s beverage market it's only maybe a single digit drop in the bucket yeah it's not huge but when you take in the growth though it can still have actually pretty substantial impact for you know a company like coca-cola their profits their uh, revenue growth things along those lines so so who are the major players all right well uh, because investors don't have a ton of options 
Unfortunately not. Uh, there's really only one pure play energy drink company that is publicly traded. Um, the number one actually is Red Bull, you know, an Austrian company. They're privately, privately owned. That founder, what, he started that in 1987. He's worth like $5 billion now or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that started in 1987. It was first introduced into the U.S. market about 10 years later in 97. And that really kicked off the entire trend. And um, I think at this point, like I said, private companies, so the numbers are are a little difficult to track down sometimes. But I think most recently for the past year, they did something like six, six and a half billion dollars in sales. Um, so pretty, pretty substantial. They're all, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, every energy drink owes its life to Red Bull. Like they are the ones, they're like the Coke of, the, <laughs> they're like the Coca-Cola of the, the energy drink market. I, when I, I think especially, you know, a few years ago before some of these other competitors really, uh, started gaining some more market share. You know, when I thought of an energy drink, I actually just thought of it as a Red Bull. I'd say, get me a Red Bull, even right. generically yeah, yeah, for yeah. any energy drink. So yeah, they definitely, uh, you know, started the trend and something that we'll see among all these companies uh, n- the number two, so Red Bull has about a forty-three percent market share, and then Monster is about thirty-nine percent. Yeah, Monster. So these two, Red Bull and Monster, dominate most of the market. And yeah. there's a lot of smaller players, but you know they're obviously the big dogs. Uh, Monster is at around thirty-nine percent, but recently, because of its deal with Coca-Cola, it's probably in the U.S. at least it's about neck and neck. Red Bull's much more dominant worldwide. Got it. So, uh, it's so just, investors, you really can't. I mean, unless you invest in Monster, there's no real way to take advantage of this growth other than oh, buying into Coke and Pepsi and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Touching, uh, you know, I want to touch on that a little bit later. Um, options besides Monster, but if you want that pure play, it, it really is only the one option. But it's it's uh, it's definitely an interesting stock. You know, they're trading at Monster is trading at about one thirty, hundred thirty one dollars a share right now. They're up twenty percent already year to date, and yeah. in the past year, they pretty much doubled, up like ninety percent. So now, what did they do with Coke uh, about a year ago? Uh, that was that actually resulted in a big jump in their stock price too. Um, it was, I think, it was in August they signed the deal whereby Coca Cola entered into this partnership. So they they acquired a stake in Monster. I think it was about seventeen percent stake for about two billion dollars, and the exchange of. Uh, you know, expertise and of, Monster got all of Coke's energy brands, yeah. which were arguably kind of failing. But that was basically regardless. the exchange. So Coca Cola will be the preferred distri- distributor, and you know they're probably the best one you can yeah. get in that regard. You know, well, countries. I mean, I'm you, you. Given what you just said, that's three wins for Monster, in my opinion, because they got two billion dollars in cash. They got all of Coke's brands for like a gimme or something. And they get access to Coca-Cola's distribution, which is arguably the most effective distribution system on God's green earth. So, <laughs> well, you know, it's not like Coca-Cola is coming out of that without with with nothing. Uh, Monster came about in 2002, I'm sure, as a response to Red Bull and how right. popular it was getting. And in the past, you know, decade or so, they've built up, like I said, a very very competitive market share against Red Bull in the states. And I think what some of these smaller players have that the bigger companies like coke and pepsi haven't been able to master is the marketing and the image and the yeah. brand that they've created you know all these what companies, is it that red bull they had a guy jump from space basically oh yeah I, right i, I, I had forgotten yeah. about that but they do a lot of these like extreme sports events if you go on their website you can see all these different uh skateboarding concerts music events you know when i went to a music festival in new york 
on Randall's Island called Governor's Ball. You know, there are tons of representatives from Red Bull. And um, they were doing a really good job in terms of marketing, especially to, like, you know, younger consumers who are setting the trend of making their products look cool, look popular. Yeah. And going back to that deal, I think that's a big part of the, what Coca-Cola gets because, you know, they're handling the distribution for Monster, but they're also handing, handing over their entire energy drink portfolio, which included a bunch of brands, um, NOS, Full Throttle, Burn, Mother, Relentless. I haven't even heard of some I forgot of about Full Throttle. <laughs> and um, they're like, you know what? All right, Monster, you guys have the image thing. You have the brand thing down, the marketing. So we're going to let you handle that. And that's a bit of essentially the exchange um, that they're going through. So what's – okay, so we're obviously Motley Fool. We like investing. What do you think of Monster's as a business, like returns on equity, capital, all that stuff? The growth is is really, really impressive. Um, you know, They've grown their revenue at about 16%, 17%. Uh, Kager over the past five years, and this is compared to a wa- you know an overall beverage industry that has pretty much been flat or stagnant. Right. Um, their earnings. People people like their B twelve vitamins. <laughs> apparently so. Yeah, there's always in those drinks is the B twelve. Yeah. Um, you, you look at the back of these energy drinks; it's like daily portion of B twelve four hundred percent and all that. Anyway, <laughs> something. Oh, and I'm glad you bring up the ingredients because uh, you know Monster kind of bucked the trend too because when they first in uh, introduced their drink. They did the big 16 ounce cans. Yeah, and you know Red Bull at the time was still doing. I think it's the like tiny the small eight ounce cans. So just to give you some perspective. Uh, one 16 ounce Monster drink, I think, has about 160 milligrams of caffeine. And for context, a single shot of espresso at Starbucks has about 75 milligrams of caffeine. So you're getting about two two shots of uh, espresso. In each of these cases, if you're if you're staying up all night playing Xbox, you need it. <laughs> you drink two or three of them before you know it, you're going to be completely wired. Good to go. So, you know, their revenue has grown at a very impressive pace. Their earnings are right on track too. They have um, about twenty percent. Their free cash flow is strong, um, and the thing is, their margins are really good. You know, Coca Cola is like twenty seven percent margins for their EBITDA, mm-hmm. and Monsters even best that even like the over thirty percent. So that's, I mean. Coke's known for its pricing power, and this is why it's one of Buffett's favorite companies. And that's saying something right there. I think broadly, this category for energy drinks in general, these functional beverages, have been able to just command higher prices. Because um, you know, when I go to the market, I see Red Bulls, and they're usually a little pricier than uh, they're like three or four dollars. Yeah, exactly. So that has contributed to you know the success they've had, and their stock price, admittedly, does. Ref- reflect some pretty high expectations from investors like i said they're about a hundred trading about 131 dollars a share that's equivalent to 40 times their expected 2015 earnings so definitely not a cheap stock you're paying for that growth but considering the portfolio they just took over their agreement with coca-cola for distribution their continued you know strength of the brand they'll probably be neck and neck with red bull if not surpass them for the U.S. market, and who knows where that can go in terms of the international growth, considering what Coca-Cola can offer. I wonder if there is ever going to come a day when, like, Pepsi offers to buy Red Bull or something. Like, I, I'm wondering what the end game is because it's a private company, but eventually somebody's going to want to cash out. But it, it certainly wouldn't be a small deal. Um, I digress. I, Coca-Cola looked at Coca-Cola looked into doing a monster oh, that's right. acquisition. Yeah. A couple years ago, I think it was 2012, and they didn't. And they walked up like away. Threefold. Yeah, it's up. You know, several times that price now. 
their market cap currently is about $22 billion. So not a small acquisition by any means if somebody wanted to pursue that. I think Red Bull is probably even bigger than that. So definitely uh, so something to consider. If I come up to you and I say, Vince, I really just I want to get in on this energy drink trend, but man, Monster's kind of pricey. I'm a value guy. What what are my options then? Am I just, you know, I don't want to say stuck, but do I have to assume that Coke and Pepsi are going to uh, find a way to get a piece of this? Debatable. I think enter, like Coca-Cola, for example, entering this partnership, it's a smart move because they're not going to, you know, they've, though they're, one of their drinks, NOS, actually developed a pretty sizable piece of the market. I think uh, NOS has like 3% of the market. Uh, they had it like 20 $300 million in sales last year compared to Red Bull in the U.S. Right. Had 10 times that. But still, you know, they were able to build that up somewhat. But in the end, them handing that over and allowing, you know, Monster to kind of use some of their expertise in that regard is a good play. I think in a kind of alternate, alternative investment option there is through Coca-Cola because, you know, some of that growth is going to hit their bottom line directly. Very good. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Vince. Thank you, Sean. That is it for us, Fools. But before we go, I wanted to make all of our listeners aware of a very special offer for all of our industry-focused listeners. If you found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners. It is $98 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of the deal. That is focus.fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Vincent Chen, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!